0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Inside Out Group Podcast, where we talk about organizational leadership, systems, marketing, and more for your church or organization. Today, we want to talk to you about the life of being a pastor. Today, you have your hosts, Nathan Westfall and Michael Moore. How's it going? It's going, it's going well. So Mike, obviously you're a pastor, go figure. And I think that very little people understand the stress that being a pastor uh, has on a person. Would you open up to us a little bit and talk to you about maybe what some of that is?
1: Yeah. So this this entire topic actually is really coming from um, recently in, in social media and in the news. There was a pastor out in uh, California who ended up committing suicide, younger than me, thirty one years old, uh, pastor to mega church, and it was uh, he essentially just underwent a lot of stress and uh, which led him to depression. He ended up taking a, a sabbath or a sabbatical. After that, he came back, talked about being a hot mess and about uh, depression. And then on a Friday evening after a youth service, he pulled into his house and tried to commit suicide. And his wife found him and uh, did not make it. It was in ICU for a day and ended up not making it. And, and I want to start off by reading this quote from Greg Seward. Uh, and, and this has been all over social media, so it's very possible that some, some of our followers have seen this. But, but he says this, I hosted a group of 60 ministry couples for a few days in Charleston. Many being scarred somewhat unique to the life of a pastor, some the result of self- induced choices, some were the wounds of carelessness and sometimes well-meaning church members. I thought about this quote, and it said, "In this generation, pastors are expected to be business savvy instagram instagram quotable." Preaching celebrities, fully accessible, deeply spiritual, not too young, not too old, and if a pastor doesn't quite measure up to someone's expectations at a given moment, they are given two out of five stars on Google. Wow, we have reduced the ministry to star ratings on Google. Let me remind you to pray for your pastor and support your church faithfully. You probably never realize what they've walked through privately, and I'm committed to do everything I can to leverage every ounce of influence I will have to change That landscape. Will you join me? Pray for your pastor, but don't stop there. Verbalize your support. He or she needs to know that you're in their corner. You never know what's going on behind the Sunday smile. And so, um, I I, I, want to start out, I guess, by saying that um, this is stuff I've never dealt with. um, I've definitely dealt with some depression, but I've never dealt with suicidal thoughts as a pastor, but I've definitely been at the point in my life where I've wanted to walk away And quit Uh, there's probably at least one time a month I come home either from a Sunday experience or uh, from the office and it was just a rough day dealing with people's problems uh, dealing with with a bunch of a bunch of junk honestly and and it really uh, I just come home and I'm like I just want to work a nine-to-five job for New York State and do nothing at my job because that's what state workers do right (laughs) Um, but I want to work a nine-to-five job and I want to come home and I don't want to be stressed about life i don't want to be stressed about church i don't want to be stressed about about ministry and and so i want to read to you also out of scripture because this is i mean it's a heavy topic it's a very very heavy topic but this is what this is what peter says in first peter chapter five he says to the elders among you i appeal to you as a fellow elder and witness of christ's sufferings who also share in the glory to be revealed Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over them or, I'm sorry, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being an example to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. In the same way, you that are younger, submit to your elders. All of you, clothe yourself in humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now let me me pause there, get a little preachy just for a minute, but he says in the same way, You who are younger, submit yourself to the elders. Period. All of you, clothe yourself in humility. And then he continues. Humble yourself under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up, cast all of your care. So the only thing right there that he's saying to the younger people is to submit yourself to your elders or to the congregation, to submit yourself to the elders. But for all of us to humble ourselves, um, to not be prideful, uh, God will lift us up in his due time and then to cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And I've found... Just being completely transparent with you guys, i found that being a pastor, it is so much easier to come home and to gripe about church, to gripe about ministry, to gripe about people, than to sit there and to literally lay it all at the foot of the cross. Yeah. And so today, normally we would talk about um, topics that are uh, w- kind of cross-cultural with with business and with with ministry. Today's, I guess, more so specific towards ministry, just because of... Because of this topic. And so uh, the life of a pastor is not easy. Uh, Number one, they're overworked. Number two, they're underpaid. Number three, they're expected to perform. Number four, um, everybody has something to say and is critiquing you continuously everybody. And number 5, your family is supposed to is expected to be there for everything, do everything, be present and always have a smile. And um and if you don't have a smile, uh, like we were actually talking about beforehand before yep. we started this, yep. if you don't have a smile, then everyone goes, "Are you okay? What's going on?" Um and I'll be honest with you, sometimes pastors' lives are difficult and it's not okay. Uh, Now, with that, the flip side of that is you get to see the joy of people coming into new life of Christ, uh, people's salvation, baptisms, the church growing, Um, but with as much uh, glamour as you may see, there's 10 times the amount of struggle, uh, hurt, or burden that a pastor carries uh, in their church and congregation. So uh, we have an internship program at the church, and I was talking to someone recently about um, what you see from me is on Sunday mornings at 10 and 12. Uh, you don't see the counseling meetings I go to, go to. You don't see the board meetings I go to. You don't you don't uh, hear about the marriage conflicts that end up rising up. And on top of that, I've got my own personal stuff with my finances, with learning to be a parent, with dealing with my own stress, tension between my wife and I. And so it, it really is. Uh, and, and I don't mean this to be prideful. I would say it is probably one of the most important, but yet the hardest jobs in the world right now. Um, I mean, you, you're a workaholic, but I know if you wanted to, you could probably leave your job at the job, correct? Yeah. 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 And so it's, it's not like that for a pastor. And so that's, that's just a little bit about, um, the life of a pastor that I don't think people quite understand.
0: Yeah, no, it's good. And I appreciate you open up about all this. Um, so, I mean, if you can share, uh, you know, personally, what are some of the hardest times in ministry that you've you've gone through, um, specifically times while you've been a pastor?
1: Yeah. So, uh, I guess to think about it, um, some of the hardest times is personally is whenever my father was sick and dying. And Nathan, I know that you remember this, but I was having to travel back and forth from Albany to mm-hmm. uh, Atlanta. Yep. Uh, all the time. Uh, Meanwhile, my marriage was suffering. Uh, The church uh, stopped growing. The church was actually declining during that period. And so, and then my father is, was literally dying and on his deathbed. And so it was the balance between all three of those. And even then, um, we had someone that got mad at me and left the church because I did not uh, that she experienced something traumatic because of everything that was going on in my life. I wasn't on social media a lot and she didn't realize that something was going, that I, that I didn't realize that something was going on in her life and she got offended and left the church and, and then sent me this long, uh, actually I think she sent me a letter through snail mail about why she left the church and how she was offended. And meanwhile, I'm like my my dad, my dad is dying. Like, are you, are you serious right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's there's these unmet expectations that I think sometimes the congregation has on pastors, uh, and we don't realize that uh, we're not superheroes. We're human. Uh, we're broken, sinful people in need of a savior, just like the people that we're ministering to. Uh, on the flip side, it, more so specific to ministry, I think that uh, the some hard issues are. Whenever the busy season kicks in, and I've learned this, like September, October, November is always our busy season. Uh, before I recognized that it was really a busy season for us, I would run myself into the ground with different conferences we were hosting or attending, uh, leadership retreats, uh, planning Christmas, uh, the growth season. And and so now I'm at a better place that I've been able to learn from that. And uh, I, I come into September prepared, knowing what the fall is going to be like and, and setting time aside, which I'll get into uh, in just a few minutes. So those are those are just a few hard hard moments. The other is um, losing friends. And, and let me back up. I don't think necessarily I've lost friends, so to speak. It's more so been losing friends that I've been doing ministry with. And that's mm-hmm. been extremely yep. difficult for me. People that I confide in, people that I trust in. Uh, who leave for one reason or another, or they move or they get a job and they have to transfer across the country, whatever it may be, uh, walking through that, because you you trust and you confide into people. And then whenever they're gone or whenever they're disengaged with what you're doing, you, you do feel a void. And I think that's where the scripture cast all your anxiety or cast all your cares to the Lord and he will take care of you. I think that that's where I've learned uh, that that comes into play. And so Um, those, those are just a, those are just a few examples.
0: Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, and you can kind of mention it in even one of your, uh, your times there, but how do you deal with criticism for people, uh, outside
1: of the church? Not well. So (laughs) that's fair. No, it's a good, it's an honest answer. I respect that. Um, so I would, I would say it's definitely getting better. It still hurts. And, and it's like, if someone talked about Judah, uh, if someone said Judah's a horrible kid or Judah, um, there's something wrong with him or whatever it may be, I would get very defensive of that as a parent. And it's the same way with the church because I helped sure. start yeah. the church, um, the founding pastor of the church. This is, it's kind of like my baby. It's kind of like one of my children. Now I know it isn't my church, so please yep. don't email me about how I'm theologically incorrect. I'll get to you in a minute. Um, but, but uh, so whenever, whenever I hear people bashing our church which recently i have heard um people talking negatively about our church uh it it's like i i just want to sit there i just want to be like do you have any idea what we've gone through do you have any idea the sacrifices that have been made do you have any idea um, the hell that we've been through to be able to get to where we are today. Have we mm-hmm. done everything correct? Absolutely not. But we genuinely with, and I can honestly say with the purest heart, we are trying to walk scripture out and to preach the gospel, to proclaim and herald the good news of Jesus. And you're going to sit there and badmouth us because we don't fit to your perception or to your style of how church should be. And that really does rub me the wrong way because I usually hear it through the grapevine and mm-hmm. these people don't mm-hmm. have the guts to come and talk to me, um, man to man or man to woman or whatever it may be, uh, and, and to express their grievances that they have with the church. Now there are other people who have come to us and said, Hey, I don't think that you should have done this. And it's like, Oh, that's a valid point. You're totally right. And it kind of gave us a, a different perspective, so to speak. And so it isn't like when we deal with criticism, I don't sit there and just dismiss everyone. I do actually think about it. Um, but whenever it's whenever it's someone who has zero speaking permission into our life, who's publicly critiquing or bashing our church or specifically me, it does cut under my skin and it does bother me because they have no idea the sacrifice that I've made. And I'm willing to bet they have no idea the sacrifice that their current pastor is making either for the sake of the gospel. And so uh, I am learning, just being transparent with you, I am learning how to deal with that um, and and how to... Uh, navigate that in the most godly way possible, but sometimes it's not easy. I okay. don't know. I guess I didn't really answer the question because I I don't no, know. No, you did. I, yeah. You did.
0: You did. You answered it with your first statement and then moved on. From there. Okay. But that, that's good. That's good. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Um, so talk to me a little bit about being being overwhelmed and what, what you've learned about it. I mean, even me knowing you six, seven years as a pastor, you know, what have you learned from it?
1: So I think that uh, there's... And I know that this is not scripture, but this too shall pass, right? Uh, This season will pass. There's a season for everything, right? Um, Ecclesiastes 3. And so one of the things that I've learned is that the season that maybe I'm going through now will not be here forever. Yep, yep. It'll it'll either... uh, It'll change or you'll change or the church will change or the demographic, whatever it may be, will end up changing to a degree. And that this season of... Uh, being overwhelmed will not, will not last. But, but one of the things I've learned is whenever I used to get overwhelmed, it, there's a few things that, that would happen. It would cause me to seclude myself or to isolate myself. It would cause me to not trust people. It would cause me to entertain sinful thoughts. Uh, and it would cause me to stay up late at night. And, and all of those are not a good combination at all because the enemy, your mind is just open. You're not talking to anybody. You're already entertaining sinful thoughts. And what happens is the enemy can just creep in and just beat you down and beat you down and beat you down. And so, what I found in the times where I have been overwhelmed, to lean more into the grace and the mercy of God, and um, to be diligent, extremely diligent about the task and the things that I need to accomplish. And so, again, talking about the fall season, we're entering. Like, if you looked at my calendar for the next four months, it's ridiculous. Um, but I've learned now, uh, after years of doing this, that uh, I what. I used to get overwhelmed by, I now can manage. Uh, and what used to stress me out, what used to cause worry, I now can manage. And so it really yeah. is where yeah. I've fallen, I've learned, I've gotten back up and I've learned from the mistakes. I've continued to have the grit to do what I'm called to do and continuing to focus on the mission and ultimately Jesus Christ and what he's doing in my life. Yeah. And so now going into uh, the fall season, I I have blocked out times already for uh, when we're gonna be hanging out as a family, and when we're doing stuff. Um, we we try to have a set number of nights a week that we are out of the house. Uh, I have got a strict calendar that I keep as far as when my study time is, prep time, recording time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, and I say no to certain things. Like there's some stuff I, I'm not gonna be able to do, especially during this time. Summer months, a lot more laid back, a lot more relaxed. Um, yeah. but But it is the fall season for us where I used to get so overwhelmed um, has actually become more of a joy because it's like, how well can I manage this? And it kind of becomes a game now. Um, not, not saying that that is the case for everyone. So, but, but yeah.
0: No, that's good. That's good. Um, so, you know, as these things come across and as you said, you've obviously gotten better at it, but, uh, what have you done to manage stress, burnout, uh, even depression in ministry?
1: Uh, I think the first thing is actually turn to God. Good and, answer. Yeah. I, I mean, I know that sounds so cliche, but if we were going to be transparent and honest with ourselves, if you're someone who's stressed out right now and you're listening to this, my question is, is have you turned to God and not just turned to God and been like, um, uh, God, I need an answer now, you know, help me. G- give me a sign in the road, whatever it may be. But I mean, genuinely stopped. Stopped. Broken away from uh, life, broken away from ministry and spent an hour, two hours just emptying your heart out to God. So let me give you let me give you uh, a, a few examples. All right. Uh, one was so whenever we were starting the church, um, whenever we were starting the church, I felt this overwhelming um uh, this overwhelming idea or burden, I guess, that if I didn't start the church that I was letting all of these people down and and I literally locked myself in my room for about six hours with a notepad and at the time a worship CD because um, I didn't have an iPhone. I wasn't that smart, so I didn't have a smartphone. I still had a flip phone. And I ended up listening to worship music in my room, praying and just journaling. And and what I realized is uh, Philippians four verses four through eight, which is everyone's you know uh, coffee cup verse, like rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And uh, but it, but it goes and it says by prayer supplication um, and essentially revealing your heart to God. Uh, that word reveal right there means to literally like an onion start peeling away layers that maybe you don't recognize. Um, that you've been truthful with yourself about or maybe that you didn't even know. And so that's what it was. Is I, I, God, why why am I stressed out about this? God, why am I worried about people's, people's thoughts about me? God, why am I worried about the image that I'm carrying? God, I'm worried because I'm about to get married. Lord, if I fail here, I'm scared that I'm not going to be able to provide for my wife. And I was able to boil it down to ultimately, I was very, very insecure with myself because of my daddy issues, uh, mm-hmm. just being transparent with you. And at that moment, The peace of God that surpasses all human understanding, like the scripture says, came upon me and it protects your heart and your mind. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's just one example. Um, um, I was going to give you another example. I just I just went blank. Don't you love that? Uh, It always happens. Yeah, 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 I know. Um, Some. Oh, here's here's another time. Uh, Another time. I I remember uh, we had a decision before Christy and I. Uh, and we were praying about it and, and I mean, weeks and weeks and weeks of just praying and I wasn't sure. And I just got to this point, uh, where I was out in my garage. And again, this is again, revealing my heart to God. And I was just like, God, I need an answer. I need an answer right now. And, um, and I just sat there and bowed my head. I was at the end of myself. Like all pride was out. Uh, literally humbling myself and emptying myself. God, I need an answer right now. I need you to speak and I don't care how. Um, and not even 10 seconds later, I got a call from the person I was waiting to hear from and it was just boom. And it was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. You know. So that's, that's one way. So I guess uh, one is, uh, is managing stress, burnout, depression, stuff like that. Uh, casting your anxiety and your worries on God. Uh, the other is I would recommend living on a, On a fixed schedule, Uh, fixed schedule. We we push in the church to budget our money out. I think we should also budget our time out. Yeah, that's good. Um, Yeah, and because if. If we're not controlling our schedule, that means somebody else is. And somebody else is always bidding for our time. Someone's always bidding for our attention. And ultimately, you and God and your family know what is the priority and what the importance is in your life. And you have got to schedule stuff out and learn to say no. I'm not saying be a jerk about it, but learn to be nice and polite and to say, hey, thank you for this Mm -hmm. opportunity. I'm not able to do this right now in this season. Please reach out to me. Uh, someone mm-hmm. hit me up on on IG um, asking me about something, and I'm definitely interested in doing it. And so, but my response was, "Hey, this season right now, I'm unable to do this. I appreciate you reaching out to me. Hit me up next time you're doing this, and I might yeah. be able to yeah. do it in a different season." And so, um, prayer and supplication before the Lord, uh, managing your time, um, and then the last that I would recommend is is having people that you can take off the pastor hat and that you can just be yourself around. Mm -hmm. And I can't stress that enough. Um, just, just having two, three, four people that you literally, and, and, and let me just say this, like, don't, don't be dumb because I've been dumb and I've let the hat off in front of wrong people. Okay. And then it comes back and bites you in the butt. I mean, get around the right people who, you know, have your back, they have your heart, Uh, that you can bear your soul, you can bear your... Desires, you can bear your sin, you can bear your dreams with them, and they're not going to judge you. Um, and and I think having those men in my life, and I'm going to say specifically men, because outside of my wife, I'm not talking to any other girls about my problems. I'm talking to other men about my problems. And pastors, if you're confiding in another woman besides your wife, that is a big no no, and I'm rebuking you right now. You need to fix that. But seriously, having other men that you can confide in about your issues, about your struggles, about your depression, about your anxiety and being able to unbear your soul, um, I think that, that is, uh, that's, that's a huge thing, because then it keeps you from isolating yourself. The, the, the first thing is whenever you have stress going on, that I do at least, I wanna isolate myself and pull myself away from people, which puts me in a very dangerous spot. Um, another thing, and just to rattle off one or two more, really two more, um, rest and fun. Learn to have mm. rest and learn to have fun. Tons of fun. Uh, tons of fun. Like have ton, You have that grin on your yeah, face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, learn to have fun. And I mean that for real. Um, so we did the Sabbath week and we went out and we had fun as a family. And it was great. Yeah. Um, and then the last I would say is uh, if you are really just at a down, burned out, depressed, you can't turn to anyone, seek help seek professional help whether it's christian counseling whether it's seeing a therapist or or uh seeing your doctor uh i know people some people in the church world will say don't get on psychiatric meds that that's bad i I think that that's a bunch of bogus god god created it through uh the hands of men and the minds of men and so um if if uh you need to get on some meds because you're suffering with depression don't be afraid to do that um, but I, I, really think that those are kind of the things that I've learned. I've never had to be on psychiatric meds, but, um, I know other pastors who have, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I really don't. Yeah. And yeah. so, uh, r- really, you know, your gauges, whenever you start seeing your gauges kind of go off balance, don't be afraid to reach out for help.
0: Yeah, That's good. Um, anything else that you want to share on this topic of, um, you know, feeling burned out, maybe just the overall life of a pastor. Anything you can think of?
1: Yeah, I would I would say if you're listening to this and you're not a pastor, I want to go back to that quote. Encourage your pastor. And uh, and I mean that for real. The quote at the beginning, like, uh, we, I, I get off the stage sometimes and I feel great. I get off the stage sometimes and I'm immediately feeling like crap. And I feel like I've let people down and I come home and I beat myself up. Other times I'll leave and it's great. Um Sometimes we come home from a hard day at work and and we are just literally carrying the weight of our congregants and what they're going through. It is not an easy thing. Um, And and so, I mean, you know, this year we've got people dealing with cancer, we have marital issues, we've got uh, financial issues, people that have been homeless in our church, um, uh, people who have lost children. I mean, the list can go on and on and on of people that in our local church have been dealing with issues And we carry that weight to a degree, Um, and I want to clarify, it's not our responsibility for them, it's our responsibility to them. I believe I've said that before on this podcast, Uh, but we carry that weight, and sometimes it's hard to put a smile on in front of other people, but simply a word of encouragement. Today, I got uh, someone from the church messaged me and said, I'm so glad that you're our lead pastor. Thank you for crying and pouring your heart out at the altar, which... Mm -hmm. Yep. Kinda happened last night. Which, oh, definitely did. Yeah. Yep. I, well, we won't get into that um, in this episode. In this episode, yeah. <laughs> but um, but like me being vulnerable with the church last night, and like just crying and sharing where I am, um, that that one you know one sentence compliment meant the world to me today, and yep. it was able to help me help me go on. And yep. so, if you're not a pastor, um, encourage your pastor love on them thank them because they do a lot more than you realize and a lot of time it goes unseen uh and i don't i don't ever want to see another pastor be led to the point that depression ends up turning into suicide or into broken marriages or into leaving the church or into leaving christianity which i've seen Uh, the broken marriage, leaving the church, and leaving Christianity. And it is absolutely heartbreaking. And there is zero reason for the church to beat up other Christians, let alone our pastors. We should rally around them, support them, encourage them. And even when they're in sin, we still need to be there encouraging them and calling them to who God has actually called them to be. And so encourage your pastor. I think that's all I have to say.
0: No, that's good. I really just want to take a time and appreciate you for speaking out. For Now
1: you're just saying it, you know. No, 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 no. This no, is outside ahead. the go notes. Ahead. No, I all
0: appreciate, right. uh, I wasn't going to say I appreciate you as a pastor, oh, right. so that's your fair. mind just went right there. <laughs> no, uh, no. I appreciate you just opening up today and talking about the, the real stress of being a pastor and kind of uh, even so going personal into your own struggles, so... Uh, I know it means a lot coming from that, so I I appreciate you being free to talk about it. Yeah,
1: yeah, thank you. And look, if you're a pastor struggling out there, you need someone to talk to, um, please hit us up, and I mean that for real.
0: Yeah, so for everyone listening, you can find us at InsideOutGroup.org. At the very top, there's a contact button where uh, you can email Mike. If you don't want to go through there, you can find Michael anywhere on social media at MikeMoreAlb or theRealMikeMore.com. Um, you know, if you want to keep listening to more episodes, feel free to subscribe. And uh, we want to thank you all for listening. We'll see you all next week.
1: Yeah. And real quick. Boom. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I thought no, you No, no, oh, no, yeah. no. Yeah. All right. So real quick, <laughs> like, share, review, invite your friends, tell your friends, everyone out there, and uh, let us know what you think on Google because it's all about that five-star rating, right? <laughs> Not the two-star. No, seriously. Uh, if this is encouraging you, please, it would mean the world to us. Thanks. Hey guys, we just want to remind you about the night of worship that is happening October 12th at 7 p.m., at the Washington Armory in downtown Albany, New York. We want to invite you, your team, and your church to come be a part of a historical night of worship where we're going to be lifting up the name of Jesus. On top of that, we want to honor pastors and worship leaders and give back to our community. For more information on this free free night of worship, please visit us at insideoutgroup.org forward slash MAC. That's insideoutgroup.org forward slash m a c k. We look forward to seeing you there.